Hello and welcome to the final regular season huh? True Blue LA podcast. Just no, this is it. Season finale. We're not going to do any for the playoffs. Uh, of uh, this season. Uh, hi, Eric. Hello. How are you? Uh, I am feeling like it's the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of like, all right, let's let's do this. So we're going to uh, yeah. look uh, ahead at the final six games that the Dodgers have in the regular season, look ahead at what the playoffs look like, probably talk some roster, probably answer some questions from Craig, probably look back to a Dodger of old, all of that after this. Eric, do you ever feel like metaphorically you're two games back with six games to play? I, I You know what? I do. Um, uh, all the time. Uh, I feel like I, I'm in, you know, there's a, I'm in a constant state of catch up and, uh, and, and, and like, fun, you could, you know, you so, could yeah. right. actually win a division, but in theory, <laughs> well, this is, this is one of those things, right? So the, the, the Dodgers literally won their hundredth game on Sunday of, of the season and there's still six games to play. And yet there's this like overarching feeling that they're somehow disappointing. Like, yeah. uh, and it's, it is their fault, but it's all like it's also n- kind of not like in a way just because like the Giants just keep winning, and so uh, it's they're just um, proving very hard to catch. So yeah. like, but also the Dodgers put themselves in a position where they had to catch them. So like because they they lost all three series to the Giants after the All Star break. So like that's a problem. But like. Still possible, but like it's it's looking very very much like the Dodgers are going to be hosting the Cardinals in the wild card game um, uh, next week. But yeah, they're but like you know, a hundred wins. That's like that doesn't happen that often. We'll get to a little bit uh, a little bit later on that on a trivia. But um, that, like they're really good, but also like. Maybe not as good as the Giants. Better. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and like, I don't want to get into the semantics of like, well, actually, yeah. they might be better. Well, no. Yeah. They, <laughs> We're talking pure record here. They, uh, uh, the Dodgers lead the National League in runs scored on the season. They uh, won the, the Pythagorean battle against the Giants right. this season. <laughs> Wait, no, they didn't. Because uh, they were they were tied like they were tied the and they series. lost by one. Then they won by a bunch. Then lost by two. Right. I think okay, they did. You're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, like, um, they're like leading the league in runs scored. But like, you look at the lineup. I was looking at something the other day. Like, so as it stands right now, they have like seven regular, like seven starters uh, with like a WRC plus in the 130s, right? Like, excellent, excellent hitter. And then, like, the other is either going to be Chris Taylor, who's at 114 because he's slumping badly, but he's been very good all year and, like, solidly above average throughout his career. Uh, imagine being one, uh, 114 WRC plus as your worst hitter in the lineup. They also have Gavin Lux, who on the season is still below 100, but, like, since he's come back, looked very dynamic and 
uh, played in the outfield, looked much better. They also have Cody Bellinger, who might be coming back, who shouldn't play. But, um, but like, they have a lineup who should be, like, blowing doors off teams more than they have been. Like, they scored nine runs. They won two out of three. They, they won every series on the road trip, um, two games out of three. But then, like, they only scored nine runs against a terrible Diamondbacks pitching staff in three games. They they uh, had to go, uh, beat the Rockies twice in ten innings. Um, like, it's – Rockies do play better at home, but it's like – and then the, the Giants go in and sweep the Rockies in Coors Field. So, like, um, it's rough, man. Like, they're, they're just it's, – it's like they um, – they're going to have to hit their way out of stuff in, in October. You know more than they have, like because they they just seem more prone to like. Uh, everyone's like terrified of like. Um, well, you know it's always the thing. It's a one game playoff. It's the wild card. You're going to get Adam Wainwright, who did shut them down pretty well uh, a couple weeks back. Um, like yeah, like you just that could easily end their season like earlier than expected. But like yeah, they it seems like they should be uh, performing a lot better than they have been. So we're recording this on a Tuesday before the Dodgers start the six-game slate, and we're sort of in an awkward position of if there's a game 163, uh, we're probably not recording before then. Maybe we'll do an emergency pod. I don't know. Um, But with these one-game series that are looking like the Dodgers are having at least one, uh, maybe two, uh, the rosters get weird. So I I think we're going to mostly talk about that, you know, come Tuesday in preparation for the NLDS that the Dodgers are going to be playing because they're actually going to win out and the Dodgers are, excuse me, the Giants are finally going, finally going to lose a bunch, right? Yeah, but also just the point, 163 is the regular season right. game, so it, it'll be like the same roster um, uh, because, you know, there's, yeah, it's just, it's just going to be like what they have now, which like currently they're carrying uh, 12 position players and 16 pitchers. I suspect when Bellinger comes back, they'll they'll uh, uh, get rid of a pitcher, probably Andrew Vasquez, who was called up because they they used a bunch of low leverage guys on sat in Saturday's loss to the Diamondbacks. I, I just want to point out, like it, it is weird, right? Like as good, like we say the Dodgers could be playing better, um, especially like offensively, but um, since the Giants series, they're also 14-5. and five. So, like, that's exactly what you would want a team to do who's, like, chasing in a division. And, like, in, a, in a, most years, that's probably good enough to get back into first place, especially when you're only down a game after that series. But the Giants are 15-4. and four, So, like, uh, it's hard. And then uh, we talked last week. Our trivia question was uh, about uh, the Dodgers' best 50-game finish to a season. And it was 37 and 13 uh, in Brooklyn, I believe. Um, and right now, the Dodgers are 33 and 11 in their last 44 games. So, excellent chance to get to the 37 if they win four out of six this week. If they do better, they'll have the best 50 game finish in uh, Dodgers history. And like, and they still are a very. Um, it, it, it'll be tough for them. I, I, it seems like the most likely scenario for them to win the division uh, would be a would be a one game a game one sixty three. Like they, it probably, you know, if they catch them, it'll be like they'll be tied after one sixty two or something like that. That said, um, Brandon Belt uh, uh, broke his thumb 
on Sunday. Um, so he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, you know, we'll see. Like, uh, I think he stepped to 29 home runs. His previous career high was 18. Um, uh, so like, yeah, it's, um, it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting. The, the Dodgers play the Padres and then the Brewers, Brewers clinched, they're locked into the number two spot in the NL. So, um, that's tough. But then the, the Giants, uh, have the Padres this coming weekend, but they first play the Diamondbacks. So the Giants do have the easier schedule. They're both at home, but yeah, that's, that's sort of where we're at. But in, in terms of like a 163 or wild card, uh, Dave Roberts did make it clear last week. Uh, he said uh, Max Scherzer is his uh, one game guy, like uh, you know, or and or game one guy if if uh, that's what it comes to. But yeah, if there's a um, if there's a wild card game, it's Max Scherzer. Now the interesting scenario um, is like if they do a one sixty three, right? So the current rotation is set up to where Walker Bueller starts Sunday. Like the series, the this finale of the season. Now, you wonder, like, if that game's meaningless, like, if, if the division's already decided, um, maybe he like doesn't really, you know, maybe it's a short outing or something like that, just mm-hmm. to sort of keep his arm fresh, because he'd be in line to be the game one guy Friday if, if they win the wild card game. So, like, they have to, like, sort of keep him somewhat fresh, but also don't want to, like, overwork him. So, that's a scenario. But then also, if if there's a 163 in play, like, if they go full bore and just say, like, they need Sunday to get to 163, so Bueller goes, then Scherzer goes 163 Monday, and then you basically have, you basically have Kershaw, I think, in the wildcard game, because uh, Urias is going um, Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. So... Um, uh, that, so it's going to be, um, like interesting to see how that, uh, plays out. Um, but like that, that's, uh, that's a weird scenario, but like, I don't know if it's going to get to that point. Right. But, uh, yeah. uh, So yeah, yeah. the most, most likely the Dodgers playing, not playing a game 163. They're playing a, uh, a wild card game. Max Scherzer will start, um, at Dodger Stadium, um, and hopefully the Dodgers win. And then, like you said, Walker Bueller in line for Game One. Um, what would the rotation? Uh, we'll again, we'll talk about this more, but just so answer that real quick. Uh, what does the rotation look like in an LDS? Should they win a wild card game? Yeah. So then it's the choice of um, at this. So you'd have. Um, like okay, not that the order matters because by then you could you could um, flip it to how you want. But this coming week, uh, Kershaw is going Friday, Urias is going Saturday. That's just how they're lined up. But um, that doesn't mean Kershaw's game two necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like um, like Urias has pitched better, um, I think uh, down the stretch. Uh, so. I think it would go like if, if it's clearly Bueller game one because he'd be mm-hmm. fully rested. Then I think they would go Urias and then Scherzer game three uh, rested um, after the off day, and then um, and then Kershaw game four. I think that's what they do. Okay, and like uh, I said, we'll preview that more and look once we have some definitive idea of uh, how everything lines up. Yeah. Um, so the other sort of 
news last week was AJ Pollock uh, back like a little earlier than expected. Um, and and when it when he first hurt his hamstring, this was back in the Giants series, the first weekend of September. Um, he he had to be helped off the field. It looked really bad, and they said grade two hamstring. Minimum of two to three weeks. There was only four weeks left in the season at that point. Um, Dave Roberts said, I didn't think he was, I, I thought he was done for the season. Like uh, this week he said that. He didn't say it back then because he never would say that. Like, uh, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so they, Pollock, um, it's interesting. Like, uh, they, he didn't end up doing like any minor league rehab games. He mostly stayed in Los Angeles, uh, dealt, uh, worked with the training staff there. Um, and, um, like they had occasionally like, uh, they do simulated stuff, either a pitcher around would, would throw to him or they'd have a couple guys from Rancho come to Dodger stadium and throw to him. And he just did the work sort of that way and got ready. Um, and like they, they, they sort of tailored it to how kind of Pollock wanted to do it. Like, uh, I guess there was, a, he said there was a trainer, Keith Pine, who was in town that he worked with a lot and was very helpful in getting him back on track. But um, they had planned to bring him back during the Diamondback series. And then uh, uh, Cody Bellinger had a, a rib fracture, which we talked about uh, last week, um, that landed him on the injured list. And then Chris Taylor was dealing with pinched nerve in his neck. So like they, they're like, you know what? We're bringing Pollock back early. <laughs> and so... <clears throat> they brought him back two games early in Coors Field, and they didn't even like start him right away. Um, uh, they started. They had Luke Rayleigh in right field in the second game. They used Pollock as a pinch hitter. They like they don't want to like over overtax his hamstring right now, like just by playing him every day. And so they they have to sort of be a little bit ginger. Rayleigh ended up homering, uh, which was which was good. Um, but then Pollock like hit two doubles the next day. Uh, he homered on Friday, so he's been like super productive, um, like he pretty much has been all year. And then uh, Bellinger is like was kind of going slow. He could technically be activated today on Tuesday, but it might take a few days. We'll, we'll see how that sort of goes. But again, like um, he he kind of shouldn't be playing. Like Lux is playing better. Uh, than him, they have other options. Like in terms of having an extra bench guy, that's great. But like, yeah, we we've talked about this. Like he he really should be playing. So like, we'll see how that sort of plays out. But um, uh, and then I guess you know the other I, when we do like roster stuff, Lux will be the the guy because how big of a role is he going to have in the postseason? Like um, he's sort of playing his way into more playing time, I think. But uh, we'll see how they sort of divvy that up. I I think it's going to be a situation where. If Taylor and Pollock are still sort of ailing a little bit, uh, Taylor le- may be less likely to be that by the time the playoffs roll around. But um, you could see a situation where Lux uh, like plays a little more than maybe we would have expected. Uh, he played center field uh, in course. He made some like really good plays um, out there, so like it was pretty uh, pretty impressive. But yeah, that, that's sort of that's sort of where they're at. Uh, one week to sort of figure out exactly what's going to happen, and then we'll sort of figure out on our end, podcast-wise, what's going to happen after that. Before we head to the break and you ask me some trivia question that I'm going to get wrong, we got a bit of a bittersweet news uh, just this morning. Yep. Uh, Jaime Harin, uh, the Hall of Famer, uh, Spanish-language um, 
uh, broadcaster for the Dodgers since 1959. Uh, he announced that he's going to retire after next season, so he's going to still go uh, one more year, 2022. Uh, just an all-around, like, just super guy. Uh, one of the nicest people around. Like, he's... I mean, he's just incredible. Like, just a wonderful guy. Um, absolute legend in the business. I was reading something on him. Um, so, from 1962 to 1984, I don't. They don't have the exact number, but he called um, roughly 4,000 games in a row. <laughs> like that is ridiculous. Um, and the only reason, like the streak, the Dodger game streak stopped, is that. He went to call some of the games in the 84 Olympics in, in L.A. Um, so next year is going to be his 64th season. He's already in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Dodgers Ring of Honor. So uh, he's going to like we're, we're going to get to talk to him a little this afternoon. Uh, happy for him. Um, you know, he, he said he gets to spend more time with his family. He's going to do some traveling. Uh, and, you know. As long as he's like going out the way he wants to go out, like I'm, I'm excited. But he's, Jaime's wonderful. Uh, very happy for him and an absolute Dodger icon, really. Um, so yeah, hope, hope he gets the the sort of um, you know cheers and ovations that he deserves this year and next. So it'll be fun. And it'll be uh, same similar to how uh, during the, when we knew Vin Scully was retiring, it'll be interesting to see how you can even attempt to, I don't want to say replace him, but yeah. fill that role. Um, obviously, Fernando's still there, but uh, just how how they take that after repl- you know having to move on from such a, a legend and an icon on the team. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, maybe next year um, the Dodgers can win 100 games again uh, for Jaime Harin to call. Uh, they have 100 wins this year uh, with six games left to play. Um, since joining the National League in 1890, mm-hmm. how many total seasons have the Dodgers won 100 games? I will butcher that. I'm actually in the middle of uh, figuring out how badly I would have answered this question, and so I'll, I'll explain that after this. How many seasons since 1890 have the um, team now known as the Dodgers uh, won 100 games or more? Um, so I alluded to this. Uh, I find this question really fascinating because of how little I had to go off of this because what I know of the Dodgers are the the teams that I grew up watching and a little bit before that. And then and sort of prior to me really being engaged in sports, I know uh, the championships. I know the pennant winners. I know the award winners. I know all these players. I know all these stories. Um win-loss record in the regular season, I actually, I'm like, man, I actually have no idea. I don't know how much, on average, a pennant winner, when, you know, there was only two playoff teams in the National League, or when there wasn't, there was only the one, how many team, how many wins did it take? And I realized, uh, after checking my work, how awful I would have been at that, because I didn't realize uh, you didn't need as many wins as I thought <laughs> to, to, you know, be one of the top two teams when there weren't just that many teams. There weren't when there weren't thirty teams um, in baseball. So I would have, I think, dramatically overshot this and said something in the high teens, twenties. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. Before you tell me the answer, do you know how many teams of the uh, 
the pennant winners uh, of the Dodgers, of the 24 pennant winners, won 100 games or more? Uh, I mean, yes. Oh, how many? I'm I'm getting it wrong. Like, I've been saying I would have guessed something like 1920, if not more. So, um... Oh, okay. I, I for some reason I like heard like I I I misheard your question. Oh, so okay. I I got you. So because so the, the, the I want to I'll answer that, but it, it's like interesting in a, in the other in the other way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so you said your answer was going to be like high teens, right? That's yep. Or, yep. So, so it's actually um, nine. Yep. So. But the interesting thing about that is uh, only six of those uh, nine uh, won their division slash league, uh, whatever standings they were in. Um, so th- three times they've won 100 and, and been, like, uh, you know, on the outside looking in. I mean, this year they're not on the outside looking in because they're the wild card, but they're also they're going to be second place probably. Um but 1942 uh, in Brooklyn, they they won 104 games, uh, and that that was also that, another thing to look back. Um, 154 game schedule, so like uh, 100 wins over 162 games is 617 winning percentage. So, like if you go back um, National League wise, so they'd have um, one, two, three. Four, five, looks like six other teams. So, like, they'd be up to, like, 15. Okay, so I was basically um, right. So, like, Boys of Summer, <laughs> it, Boys of Summer type team. Yeah, like, those teams are winning, like, 97, 98. But, like, you know, if they played 162 games, it would have. But, like, yeah. So, 100 wins. Um, but, yeah, so 1962, they finished tied with the Giants. So, they did have a three-team tiebreaker. Uh, they were 101 and 61 over the 162, and they lost uh, two out of three. Um, so yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, and then of the other, uh, uh, teams, um, like, I guess, are you counting 1899 as a pennant winner? I mean, or is this just world series time pennant winning? I am, I am, I am counting them. Yes. Okay. So yeah, so they're one. And then, yeah. So the other ones, the other, the only other, the only hundred win team that, that otherwise didn't win the pennant was 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I forgot what happened, but um, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, yep, they used Joe Kelly a lot. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah I, the... it just it really interesting to me how I've kind of translated, and maybe a lot of this has to do with uh, how good of a regular scene team the Dodgers have been the last half decade. Um, of like, oh, hundred wins, that's good, but that happens. Like I get, I was guessing somewhere in the twenty five percent ish of the time for a very good franchise like the Dodgers. And I was obviously an idiot. So, yeah. Um, yeah. As is, as is the case. Well, uh, I think you have a Dodgers rewind for us. I do. Um, this gentleman did not play on a hundred win Dodger team. Um, but, uh, it's Bill Madlock. Uh, he was a suggestion from Brad Gunning who, Shot me a message. He said he'd be a good idea for a Dodgers Rewind. And I agree. I For some reason, I thought we already did him. Uh, <laughs> but I looked, and we did not. So um, 
Uh, it, Brad's suggestion was that uh, he heard that Madlock is the only four-time batting title uh, winner uh, to not be in the Hall of Fame. So uh, he won uh, batting titles with the Cubs in 75 and 76. He was only 24 and 25 those years. And then 81 and 83 with the Pirates. He was on the We Are Family uh, Pirates uh, 79 team that won it all. Um I was looking. His transaction log is is, is pretty uh, has a bunch of like uh, you know pretty fun names on there. Like he, so, he's drafted by the Senators. They became the Rangers, and then he was traded to the Cubs for Fergie Jenkins. Then he was traded to the Giants in a trade that had Bobby Mercer. Uh, he went to the Pirates um, in a trade in like a six player trade that Ed Whitson went the other way, and then uh, someone who went with. Uh, from the Giants to the Pirates with Bill Madlock was Dave Roberts, but not that one. This was a left-handed pitcher. Um, then the Dodgers traded for him uh, in August 31st, 1985, so he was a waiver trade guy. Um, the Dodgers sent R.J. Reynolds, Cecil S.B., and Sid Bream to the Pirates. I was looking at this because so the Dodgers did win 95 games that year. They were really good. Um, it, uh, they were up seven games at the end of August. So like it wasn't like a super tight division race, but there were all they also had a lot of games left that year. There was a player strike for a couple days in August, and they they tacked on the the make makeup games at the end of the season. So I think there were like something like 30, 37 games uh, after September first. Um, so there were there were still a lot to play, but also the Dodgers at the time um, they had moved Pedro Guerrero to left field. Uh, I, I can't remember if Dave Anderson got hurt. He was playing third for a while, but then they had like Enos Cabell and Bob Baylor playing third. So they're like, we need to get third baseman. Um, so they traded for Madlock, uh, who at the time was 34. Uh, and he just kind of went off, uh, for them. He hit 360 down the stretch, uh, 422 on base, 447 slugging. That was a 148 OPS plus. He, he even stole seven bases. Now, he was, he was pretty good at stealing bases throughout his career, but like that sort of I don't remember that at all. Uh, he did hit three home runs in the NLCS. Uh, he was 8 for 24 with a double and seven RBIs in the series, but they lost to the Cardinals. Um, so he played uh, third base for the Dodgers in 86 as well. That was a pretty bad team. Uh, he, did, he did well. He started the year uh, in 87 as third baseman, but the Dodgers released him uh, in May. Then he finished out his career with the Tigers that year, who won the AL East. Um, in his career, 305, 365, 442 hitter. That's a 123 OPS plus. In 15 years, he had just over 38 war. Uh, 166 games with the Dodgers, so a little over uh, a regular full season. 285, 346, 406, 22 doubles, 15 homers, a 112 OPS plus. But yeah, like not in the Hall of Fame, but really, really, really good hitter. Um, and yeah, I, I, he was 85 was like the first Dodgers team I watched and like, he was certainly memorable, but like, um, yeah, I, I just remember like he was, he just hit really, really well in September and, and played great. So part of his hot September, I mentioned that, that they played a ton of games, uh, after I guess after August 31st, um, he played one game on August 31st, then in September and then into October in the regular season, he was second on the team with 40 hits. Uh, who was first on the team? All right. Um, 
you know how old I was when this happened? Uh, have we talked about one? this that I don't? You, wait, <laughs> you know what? Like, wait, so wait, what? Uh, wait, when's your birthday? It's like eighty-six. I was negative. No, but, a, but what? What month? I forgot. April. Uh, yeah, so you're. You're in the womb at this point. <laughs> I really should know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. I don't know. Pedro Guerrero. So that's a good guess because he was their best player in 85. But he also uh, walked a lot. and But, like, not a ton. I think he missed he missed quite a bit of time in, in the last month. So he only played 19 games. He did have 24 hits. He hit 338. He was really good. Um, but he was seventh on the team in hits. Um, do, you want, do you have any other guess? Nope. Okay, so Mike Marshall, uh, probably the best month of his career. I think uh, Mike Marshall's been the answer, uh, like you know, one or the yeah. two for a few yeah. weeks right now. He's entering um, Zach Zach Wheat territory. So <laughs> forty-eight hits, um, but he had eleven home runs, thirty-seven RBIs. I'm pretty sure. No, I think Frank Howard had a bigger month, but that was also like a crazy month where they played a ton of games. So um, that was part of it. But he, he just kind of had a great. Great finish of the year. So, yeah, that was uh, that was my uh, Bill Madlock '85 stuff for you. So I I apologize for asking a womb trivia question, but no, no, I know I was I lamenting at uh, yep. my lack of knowledge. As as I is you know it's it's a good thing for me to do uh, during these trivia questions. Just feel bad for myself. <laughs> I'm currently scrolling through Rolling Stone's website nonstop to uh, preview something that we're about to talk about, and this is a very frustrating experience. I'll explain mm-hmm. why after we get through, uh, you know, the thing that we do right now, which is... With Jens and Craig. We love them. Five questions, some of which have uh, sub-questions. Mini questions, split off questions, uh, including the first, uh, uh, which is a trivia question from from Craig. Are you are you ready? Sure. Are you are you ready? I don't know what I just said. Corey Seager and Trey Turner each hit two home runs in the game last weekend, which sparked this week's trivia question on Dodger multi homer games. You ready? Yep. We'll start off with this: Which Dodgers have had the most multi home run games? Can Eric name the top five? Um. Now this is all time, right? This, this is every player on this list is an LA Dodger. I don't okay. know if that means that is but, the case, but okay. So yeah, um, so we're gonna go with um, uh, Piazza, number one with nineteen. Um. Eric Karos. Number three with 17. Uh, Ron Say. Uh, num- uh, strike. Uh, hit, oh! Um, tied with wow. two others for 10th. Uh, hmm. Okay. Um, wow. Now that, that I'm flummoxed. Um, <laughs> so let's go to um, oh, Matt Kemp. Uh, strike two, not on the, my, the I have the top wow. twelve and not on the list. That's I'm honestly shocked at that. Um, okay, so you hmm. now Duke Snyder was technically an LA Dodger. I I mean he is he. Or, or is I'm, that... I'm looking through the. I think we're 
potentially talking all LA Dodgers. Okay. So, yeah. Um, all right. So I will turn around from that. Um, why is this so hard? Uh, so you have one and three. I'll let you know that there's a tie for fifth. So there's two players residing in that Steve slot. Steve Garvey. Steve Garvey, uh, strike three, uh, is uh, wow. tied for eighth. I'm, I'm keep, stunned. You want to keep going? No, I mean, well, let's see. Um, no, just tell me. I think I just messed up. Uh, second place, perhaps the most famous multi-home run game in L.A. Dodgers, Sean Green with 18. Yeah. Uh, Jock Peterson in fourth uh, with 15. And then tied at, tied at 14 apiece. Uh, Gary Sheffield and Raul Mondesi. I thought about going the Sheffield route, but I don't. I don't think I would have. He burned you a lot last week, so. Yeah. In the 2021 season, including Seager and Trey Turner, ten Dodgers have had at least one multi-home run game. Can Eric name the other eight in oh ten guesses? Hmm. Um, you, you've got okay. ten guesses. I'll let, we'll see how many you get right. Okay, so Muncie. Yep, he has three. Um, Mookie Betts. Um, he has one. I mean, it's really just going to be like naming the starters, but let's see. Uh, Justin Turner. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I'm just methodically doing this so I, um, so I, I'm not forgetting someone. Yep. Um. Okay, and then um. <laughs> um. AJ Pollock. Keeping track of this for me is going to be tough. You have four so far. So. Well, keep track of your misses. You've done four guesses and you haven't missed. Yeah. Um, I don't. I guess. Chris Taylor? Yep, he has two. He does have two. Okay. Um, Will Smith? Does not. He doesn't. Okay. Wow. Um, I have three more I have to get. Is that right? Um, yes. Okay. Um, wow. Did he? let's go. Let's go. Gavin Lux. He's one of them. Um, and then, uh, we're going to go over to. Um, oh, dang it. Um, I just, I don't remember him hitting two, but I'll just say Cody Bellinger. Uh, he does. Okay, and then, so the last one is where I'm going to get tripped up here, I think. Um, I don't remember... A certain person having it, um, and uh, so let's just say, let's just say Matt Beatty, Albert Pujols. It was Pujols. Now I don't remember him having two home runs, and now that's bothering me. Was it the, the blowout against the Angels? I think. Oh, you know, you know what it was. Uh, I think it was the. Um, the diamond, one of the diamond, that twenty-two run Diamondbacks team, possibly. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. 
One one of those blowout games against a team on the West. Yeah, <laughs> that's clearly what I yeah, was thinking. That starts with A in, in one of the names. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, both names. Anaheim. According to Stathead, there have been sixteen LA Dodger catchers with at least one multi-homer game. Eight catchers did it once. I'm going to give Eric one of those catchers. That's not very nice. Um, <clears throat> uh, Bill Sudeikis, who hit two home runs in the 1971 game against the Padres. You would have gotten that. Um, can Eric name the other seven? Um, <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Wait. So, so with more than one. Oh, no. He, Wait, okay. I'm sorry. No, I misread the question. Only he won, one. He only won. Yeah, I got it. I'm caught up. Okay. So. <laughs> what a mean be, question. Be, be, <laughs> I thought clearly he's going <laughs> to get because, the Because. Um, because Will Smith didn't do it this year, I'm going to say Will Smith as one. Correct. Um, wow. Um, <laughs> right? Austin Barnes. Um, Austin Barnes has one. Yeah, that was like a seven RBI game, I think, against the Padres. Um, okay. <laughs> nah. Actually, all of these games are against the Padres. It's really strange. That's funny. Um, it was. Uh, Pujols was that Arizona game, 22-1. Uh, to 1. Um okay. So, uh, wait, I, was, I just, uh, oh, he did start. I was going to say it would have been hilarious if he didn't start that game. Um, you know, what's I'm funny solid. is I um, ruled out the blowout against the Cardinals because I'm like, oh, well, there would have been more storylines that was against his old team. And yeah. that, that theory didn't enter my uh, mind when I guessed the Angels. Anyways, uh, so um, you've been gifted Sudeikis. Uh, you said Will Smith. And Barnes. And on Barnes. Um, yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> only one multi-homer game. This is, uh, let's go, uh, let's just run through some backups. Uh, Rick Dempsey? Yep, he has one. <laughs> uh, I like your, <laughs> like your theory. Uh, Carlos Hernandez? Zero. Ah. Um, Alex Trevino? Zero. Mm-hmm. Um... Man, uh, I just because you no, know, he hit twenty five in one year. I, I'm going to say it anyway. Paul Leduca. Paul Leduca had two. Ah, okay. Um, uh, Mike Lieberthal. <laughs> nope. I'm going to give you two more guesses. Okay. Um, let's go. Um, Todd Hundley was really good. But what if he only had one? Let's just go Todd Hundley. Uh, Todd Hundley had four. Okay, let's... Uh, Dionor Navarro. Nope. So you missed... All right. Uh, yeah. Norm Sherry. Of course. David Ross. Mm-hmm. Dodgers legend. Russell Martin. Ooh, Damn it. How okay. do you only have one, right. huh? Um, you said Dempsey and then uh, Rod Barajas. Damn it. All right. Dodger yeah, Stadium was good. not always known as a friendly home run park, though that has changed in recent years. How many of the L.A. Dodgers uh, who have had seven or more multi-home run games at Dodger Stadium can Eric name? Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> um, oh, seven or more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is... Don't have to name this the scrubs of this one. Um, we'll do. We'll go back to the last week's rules. You get three strikes. 
Okay. Uh, so Mike Piazza. Um, no, only five. Look at that. <laughs> but that's at, it's all at home. Yeah. So now trying to remember the um, <laughs> the order before. So, but he was he was number one overall. So like he had a mm-hmm. bunch on the road. So, mm-hmm. uh, so because Ron Say was a jerk uh, and didn't wasn't on the other one, I'm not going to say him. But I will say uh, Eric Karos. Um, he uh, has seven, tied with a bunch of other players. Yeah. There are two players uh, with more than seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and be- because that happened five minutes ago, I already forgot a lot of the answers in that uh, <laughs> in the total one. So, um, but I will say um, uh, Sean Green. Uh, one of the two. He has nine. Uh, Gary Sheffield. Uh, Gary Sheffield strike two. Mm-hmm. Uh, with he has a, he only had five. And then, yeah, so I wonder how many. I'm even though he wasn't on the other list. I'm gonna say Matt Kemp. Uh, also with five. So you missed number one, Andre Ethier. Oh wow! Captain comeback. Uh, yeah. 11 such games uh, 11? and then wow. and the pile with of people with seven you have Justin Turner Corey Seager Jock Peterson uh, you said Karras uh, Yasmani Grandal Steve Garvey Joe Ferguson and Cody Ballinger yep there you go like you did uh, pa- you passed how about that yay well it does seem that Shohei Otani will be the American League MVP I'm not sure there is a clear cut favorite in the National League especially because neither the Dodgers, Giants, or Brewers really have a definitive candidate. Juan Soto is having a great year and is the best position player in the National League this season. However, a quick check would seem to show that there has never been a season where both the American and National League MVPs were under on, on under 500 teams. My question is, should that matter? And second, who are your choices for each league's MVPs this season? I hate this yeah. debate. Yeah, I, hate I mean, it. <laughs> right. Like, I don't I have an answer, it, but I still hate the debate. It it matters to a point, like to where it, it, it can, if the if the players are like close enough, like it could be like a tiebreaker or like a, you know, um, it could be a separator maybe, but like it seems like Otani is like so very clearly um, the American League MVP. Like even if uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. wins the triple crown, and that's easy. National League is harder, like, everything, everyone's bunched together, but Juan Soto has been, like, so good, he's, like, kind of distancing himself. I I think the only other person with a shot is is Bryce Harper, I think. Um, Phillies are, like, sort of in contention. They're they're in a worse spot than the Dodgers, like, in terms of the division, because they don't have a fallback, but they're two and a half back with six to play on the Braves. Uh, they're also uh, technically still alive in the wild card race. Um, wait, unless they lost. Oh, I don't think they played yesterday. Um, but um, so yeah, like I, I like it. Does, I would probably say Soto in the in the National League and, and Otani in the American League. But uh, I'm not. I don't really have a good read on what the National League is going to do. But I think that's probably going to be what it ends up being. Uh. I yeah, that's what I was gonna say as well. And should it matter? I don't know. I, I guess yeah. a little bit, but it feels a little weird 
because what I'd say, like, he, let me put it this way. It's probably going to be Soto unless the Braves collapse and the Phillies, you know, win yeah. a bunch. And then does that really mean Bryce Harper? Like, does that, like, ugh, it's the whole RBI pitcher wins thing where they're worth tracking. Does it matter? I don't know. Give it to Soto. How about that? Sure. Rolling Stone recently updated their top 500 greatest songs list that first came out in 2004, and over half, 254, songs were replaced. My question to both of you, do you think if you had, you created a playlist in the early 2000s and then updated it today, how much, if at all, have your musical tastes changed or evolved since then? Also for Eric, Bob Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone is still a top 10 song. Do you think in 20 years, Dylan will still be an artist on these type of lists? I mean, he's out. I think he's going to be. Yeah, he's still going to be like around. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be. He's going to still be like top ten for that. I, that always seems to be the one that gets ranked up there. Uh, for him, my musical taste, I don't think has evolved since like nineteen ninety eight. Um, so it's like a perfect timing for this question. That said, <laughs> I I've tried to listen to more new music lately. Um, uh, listened to uh, a good amount of Phoebe Bridgers earlier in the year and I think I've played the Olivia Rodrigo album like 40 times like just, or listening to it like on Spotify um, and it's like it's just like really good background music for me and uh, I like it so maybe I need to do listen to more new music but for the most part I just listen to like the same stuff I've always listened to. Um, so yeah, I'm probably not the best person to like judge this type of stuff, but yeah, I'm honestly shocked that that many songs were replaced, but I mean, it kind of makes sense, I guess, but, uh, that does seem like a lot, a lot of turnover. So you alluded to this, uh, I may, if unless I'm being, Oh, there is, (laughs) I mean, well, I still think it's bad UI. So, uh, at the very top where you think the uh, site URL is, there actually is a, a pagination. But to me, it wasn't obvious that I can click. I was trying to get to the top 50. So if you're if, if our listeners are interested in going to this, look at the top. There's a way to do that. I didn't see that. So the, I was just clicking the load more button at the bottom that was only mm-hmm. giving me 50 at a time. And it was really aggravating. Uh, looking at the list, uh, what do you what did you do? You know what's number one? Because it was I thought like a Rolling Stone uh, when they first came out, or maybe the two thousand four list. Uh, I don't. Is it like Satisfaction or something like that? Or like, it I is Respect. By Aretha Franklin. Okay. Uh, and this is brought to you by the new movie Respect, starring <laughs> Jennifer Hudson. Uh, yeah. Fight the Power, number two. Mm, nice. Um, there's some good, Strawberry Fields Forever is the best Beatles song. What? No. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> that's that seems that's, weird. That's wrong. Uh, that's just it's a good wrong. song, but it's, yeah, Dreams is the best song on Rumors. I think that's maybe fair. I think it may be the change. Is that is that the song the um, the dude sang with the ocean spray on the back of the truck? <laughs> what? <laughs> the t- the TikTok guy. Um, who was like? <laughs> I thought you were. You're supposed to be like the old unhip one on this. Right. I have no idea what you're talking about. The 
the guy he made it like ocean spray like bought him a truck and like paid him money like he he was he was on tiktok i literally have never heard of this and this is blowing he's, my he's mind. on a skate i forgot his name uh he was on a skateboard um and like just like joyriding like holding up the back of a truck with one hand and then drinking ocean spray with his other hand uh, while lip syncing to a Fleetwood Mac song from Rumors, and I forgot what the song was. Um, I will look it up as you keep talking. <laughs> um, in terms of my music taste, I'm like, it's interesting. Over the, the last 20 years, have been, you, you said you were at the perfect time to ask this. I'm in the, uh, it's been more like the last 10 or 15. Um, I still listen to a lot of music, um, but like, a lot of like music has become more utilitarian like i am collecting music that i can listen to while i work or listen to while i work out and less sort of art appreciation that i used to do you know 10 15 years ago um i think a lot of my absolute favorite songs would be the same but so maybe it's more like 25 percent turnover um but there would be turnover for sure new songs you gotta cram in there um, a certain styles that just don't quite fit uh, the, where you are in your life anymore. Uh, I do try to keep update to a playlist where I uh, try to only add songs to it that I think I will never get sick of. And I've had I, that list now for it's probably close to a decade, maybe a little bit less. And I'm happy to report I've removed very few songs from that, but I'm also very picky on what I add. I have important news. Uh, the gentleman's name was Nathan Apodaca. Uh, he went on TikTok by the name 420 Dogface 208, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I just sent you a thing, and it was to the song Dreams. There you by, go. <laughs> so my my my, I, I did retain that knowledge somehow. But like, oh, they made a commercial out of it. Like, he, it was like kind of insane. Like, it was. You have to appreciate from where I am on the spot because we used to say ocean right, spray exactly. mine a truck is great. <laughs> right, exactly. Like. <laughs> It's the most random collection of words I possibly could have said, so I, I understand. Oh, like, while we're updating news, the Dodgers did win the the Pythagorean title and a West title from the Giants. Uh, Eighty runs scored, seventy eight runs allowed. It's a ball game. Uh, Not sure if Eric can believe that the Raiders are three and zero. It is their first time since two thousand two starting their season with three straight wins. And while I know Jacob does not follow the NFL like he once did, he lives in a community that probably loves their team as much as any metropolitan area in the country. My question is first, for me, uh, how much, if at all, does he get caught up in the Chiefs hoopla, uh, perhaps due to his wife's random fandom, uh, wife's family fandom, I should say. And for Eric, how cautiously optimistic is he about the Raiders? Um, Yeah, Melissa does not follow football, uh, but her... uh, her grandmother for sure does. Uh, we, we have to schedule things around chief games. Um, and uh, so I, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes is a really easy player to like and root for. And he's really rooted in the community that I've rooted myself in. So a lot of uh, respect there. And, it, I, and the team is good enough that like whenever, like say I'm, I'm at, uh, a family gathering out here on uh, Melissa's side or um, at, a, at a sports bar. Not that I'm doing much of that anymore. Same in a circumstance where the Chiefs game is on. I'm more prone to kind of get get into it, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. 
uh, really. Um, and when I do end up watching it, there'll be like the stretch where I'm like, oh, what I, I remember really liking football. And then there's like 18 penalties in a row. And and then I'm kind of reminded on why I, I eventually just, you know, there's other sports for me to watch. Uh, and I'll, I'll just do that instead. What about you? What about your what about them Raiders, as they say? It's them uh, Bears, so know, during like baseball season, it's still like I'll catch stuff in the background, both like USC and the Raiders. But like Raiders are are always they've been on the back burner for a while, just mostly because they've been really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did um, I caught up with uh, one of my friends on Sunday and went over to his house. And we did watch Raiders Dolphins, and that was a weird game, but like it was fun just hanging out and watching that. And um, they they do look pretty good. Like I'm still like a little skeptical, but they they actually look like the defense is like good enough to like at least keep it up. Like uh, the Chiefs are pretty clearly the best team in the division. I know they're one and two at the moment, but. That's like not a big deal, I don't think. Um, but um, so yeah, they're probably gonna like win the division. But like, I think the Raiders are like good enough probably to make the playoffs. But um, you know, I I don't ex- I don't know what to expect beyond that. Like they're yeah, uh, that would be like a pl- a win I think for them. Like given how they've been the last you know t- two decades almost. So. Um, yeah, like they're they're entertaining, and that's that's about all you can ask. Like, but like, yeah, once foot once baseball season stops, I'll, I'll pay more attention to that that. And um, but yeah, it, it's more like what I catch it when I can at this point. Final question: I often ask sandwich related questions, and we're so grateful that you do because there are so many kinds of sandwiches, and we all enjoy most of them. Today's is about a certain type of sandwich: the fried cutlet sandwich. In LA, there has been a recent trend to make a chicken katsu sandwich on thick slices of white bread at local pop-up and a few storefront. Uh, and I know historically, particularly in the Midwest, the fried pork tenderloin sandwich is a classic. These are different than my fried chicken sandwiches you see at both fast food and chicken restaurants. My question is, does this type of sandwich interest you? And for Jacob, during your travels on the road, did you ever eat one of those pork tenderloin sandwiches? Have you had a pork tea? sandwich uh no i have never had one but it sounds delicious it is uh Uh, so it's definitely a midwest thing i think uh uh my my birth state of indiana is particularly proud of the and i i wanted to make sure that wasn't like a thing that every state in the midwest claims and i googled just what city state most known for pork tenderloin sandwich and indiana number one with a bullet um, so yeah, especially when I go back home to Indiana, uh, and Lafayette, uh, definitely get a pork tea there. But, uh, my favorite diner here in Lawrence, um, uh, Melissa actually ordered it last time we were there as a, uh, excuse me, my mother ordered it, um, uh, as a delicious pork tenderloin sandwich. So, so I was looking up, um, I don't know what made me think of this cause I don't even remember if, um, like Zanku chicken, I don't think has chicken katsu, but for some reason that's what made, first thing that popped into my head. Um, and then, it, it, speaking of a weird pop culture thing, um, uh, when I lived with my cousin, um, his wife like was just binge watching Charmed, old episodes of Charmed, 
as you do. And it was always on. And uh, so I was home a lot working, and like so I watched a lot of those as well. And there was some point, one of the demons, I think, was named Zanku. And, of course, like during a fight, one of the people fighting, they go, what's the matter, Zanku? Chicken? And like, it was just one of the dumbest lines possible and, like, <laughs> very, like, L.A.-centric. But, like, it made me laugh really hard. And so I always think of that when thinking about chicken. And um, But, yeah, like, I, I, uh, I've just never really had that kind of a sandwich but uh, it does sound like something i would absolutely try uh yeah C- come on out uh you got to go to indiana proper i should say that but uh we'll we'll hook you up here in kansas nice no that, that sounds good and like uh you know craig usually sends us off with like uh lunch pangs or whatever when we're when we're done recording this Th- this is Less so because it's not immediately available, but uh, I appreciate the uh, the you know the sort of laying the seeds for this. So one day we will have this, and we will we'll certainly talk about it on the podcast. But until then, uh, next week we'll be talking about the playoffs in some form or another, um, and we will talk to you then. And enjoy the last week of the regular season, everybody. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.